Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman, and we have double our pleasure today. Dorothy Brown, Amara Enya the new tag team. <laughs> How did this come about? Very interesting. I um, had an opportunity to sit down with many candidates. And of course, you know, Fran, I've been on the panel with a lot of them, even right here at the Sun-Times. And just listening and uh, listening to Amara, I just realized that she was the best candidate to take the city forward. She's an independent. Uh, you know, she's not controlled by the machine. She has a heart for the people. And uh, she's obviously well qualified with the five degrees and uh, more degrees than you. even. Absolutely. And she's a public policy expert. What housing, economic development, um, you know, community development, food security, environment, the environment, you name it. She's done it. And I just feel that she's a wonderful candidate for mayor of the city of Chicago. There's a torch in your hand. You're passing it, it seems. You know, it comes a time when uh, I had people that mentored me and pulled me along, and it comes a time when we really have to do that. Uh, that's what it's all about, mentoring, and uh, I'm gonna be a key advisor to uh, Amora to uh, make sure that she has every tool that she needs to make this city great. Is Chance the Rapper on your iPod or iPhone? <laughs> Doesn't he have to be? I do have an iPhone, but yeah. I don't have an iPod. Okay, no chance. But chance, is, chance is not on my iPod. <laughs> See, that's it better be. That's the interesting thing, uh, friend. Uh, that's the 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 allure of an Amara, a Dr. Amara Enya's uh, endorsement to have a Chance the Rapper. Uh, that generation and, and, you. and Dorothy Brown on this generation and my pull from the senior community, et cetera, that works very well. That intergenerational, uh, that's something we have never seen. It's really historic. Definitely. Amara, what have you asked Dorothy to do? What do you want her to do? Well, Dorothy has, again, we spent so much time in these forums and panels, and she has always, uh, throughout her career, been an independent. She's always talked about the city having a heart for the city and really changing the direction of the city and how she did beat the machine. And a lot of what people are saying across the city is that they are tired of the establishment. They are tired of the machine. They want a different direction for the city. I think she represents, again, we were just talking about the need for intergenerational unity. And this is a key moment for that. Uh, with Chance on one side, and he was excited about about uh, Clark Brown's endorsement as well. And Clark Brown on the other, um, it's a very strong message about how the city can come together, how communities can come together, how even the black community can come together to really push the city forward. Now, one of the reasons she beat the machine is because she had to, because they dumped her because of the scandal. But uh, Job remember, and promotion selling in her office. But Doesn't guess what, that friend, worry you a little bit? At I beat AB? them in 2000 when there was yeah. no scandal. Okay, but yeah. there is a, a scandal and yeah. there's this cloud that has hung over your head for literally years. Doesn't that trouble you at all? 
Well, we've talked very plainly about the investigation. We both support law enforcement. We support the process. And we've said very clearly, I know I've said it very clearly, mm -hmm. that whatever investigation should continue until the process is done. And we respect that. Right. But aren't you worried that at some point maybe she might be charged? We already have one person in her office who's been charged. What we know in the immediate is that the city needs new leadership and we have to have a candidate that represents the voice of the people that is interested in moving the city away from the establishment politics that have gotten us to where we are. That's what we know in the immediate. And Clerk Brown has said very clearly that of all of the other candidates, our campaign is the only one that represents the direction that the city must move that the city must move in. And so we're committed to rallying around that cause, which is the that's the cause of the moment. Now, both of you have said that uh, you're more worried about the candidates in the race labeled as front runners who have existing ties to the scandal that we see unfolding right now, which is probably the biggest thing that we're ever going to see corruption wise in this town that has had so many scandals. We don't even, we can't even count them. Let's talk about the ties between that you see between Tony Preckwinkle and Burke, Solis, Madigan, etc. Let's let's go ahead. You start, Dorothy. <laughs> you know, it's very disturbing, uh, but but it's it's nothing that we uh, have not known for years. Everyone knows it. It's 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 the best kept, the worst kept secret in town as it relates to what happens with uh, contracts, developers, and that sort of thing, and City Hall, and not just. Alderman Edberg, but that zoning as it relates to a various aldermen. I mean, even when I was campaigning, people were telling me that I need my permit, so I have to support who my alderman tells me to support. It's time for a change from that. People should not be constrained and tied to that kind of politics. Well, yeah. let's talk specifically about Preckwinkle. She got a $10,000 campaign contribution muscled for her, allegedly, by Edberg from the Burger King franchise owner. She hired his son, even though he was under investigation at the sheriff's office. He, she had a fundraiser at his house. Uh, Talk, let's talk about that. Yeah, so again, it is a culture of corruption and a culture that's been allowed to, to exist, um, especially at the city level. So I work in the business community. A lot of my expertise is in the business community. And when we talk about what business owners have to go through, where they do feel that they are shaken down for endorsements, that is a part of that culture of corruption that we're talking about. And it's been tacitly accepted by individuals who have been in office. Pay-to-play pay, pay politics is clearly on, on display um, in this instance with hiring of a family member uh, in place of or for um, support. That's been rampant. And what strikes me as disingenuous is all of this is known. We knew that the functions of the uh, workers' compensation program should not have been under the control of an alderman. We knew that there are so many administrative functions that are held legislatively that actually need to be moved into executive uh, departments within City Hall. That did not happen for years. And yet many of the establishment candidates tacitly accepted business as usual. And so it's disingenuous to now distance yourself from those practices only because, because it became politically Toxic. But Tony Preckwinkle has said, I'm giving back his money and uh, I'll give back the money that I raised at his house. And uh, I didn't know about the personnel investigation <laughs> of his son. What do you do? You buy that? Well, I do not buy that because Tony Preckwinkle is always apologizing and giving back things. That has been her history. Uh, she's either firing people. I like her chief of security who was home in bed. When, and she was a committee man. He had no reason.
and a half political literature and the, the county truck, which she also uses is used to go to political events uh, uh, and changes the license plate uh, so that it looks like a private vehicle, which is which is also disingenuous. And, you know, the people whose lives uh, Tony has ruined uh, that I know personally is just really disingenuous as well so that is not Ruined the kind how? of heart Who? well people in my office that had that i was had to lay off uh john strozier made sure no one got laid off todd strozier even made sure that no one got laid off when tony prattwinkle took office i had to lay off over 60 people because she would not let us balance that budget in any other way than to see blood and that means that meant to actually lay people off. I thought that that was horrible and I still think it's horrible. And even in the health insurance that she took away from the judges and, and some of them had family members that, that, that had uh, sicknesses. Uh, it was just, just that kind of heart that I have a problem with. We do not need that here in the city, in the city of Chicago. Now, what do you say about her claims about the 10,000? She didn't know about it, she's giving it back. The fundraiser at his house, the uh, the conversation she had about his son. He wanted a job. She got it. What what do you see about that? Well, th she's been in office for quite some time, even beyond just accepting money that was raised. There was the capacity to call out just the overall corruption. There was the capacity to call for a lot of the changes that took place in an emergency after uh, Alderman Burke was was charged. There were opportunities to call out these things prior to election time that never took place. And so, again, this shows that there was a tacit acceptance of business as usual while in that office. In fact, there were other opportunities, such as calling out uh, former assessor Joe Berrios for the property tax system that unduly hurt lower income and, and black and brown communities. Instead, she supported him strongly and vehemently. So these are things that show judgment along the course before election time. So again, it's disingenuous to now make a show of giving back money when you accepted all of these things prior to running for, for the mayor's seat. And the meeting with him and, his, and about his son's promotion, what, do you, what does that say? Well, I mean, I guess the the it's to me, it's all part of accepting a system and culture of corruption because it works until it doesn't. Now that he has been, Alderman Burke has been exposed, now that these ties to uh, the fundraisers and money raised have been exposed, it's become politically toxic. And I think residents see through that. They see that you accepted it until it became politically toxic. And what they're saying is they want leadership that is independent, that is willing to call out the status quo, that is willing to challenge the status quo, and that actually cares about what's in the best interest of the people of this city. She says... And that leadership is Amara, Dr. Amara Enya. <laughs> but she says, I'm the person who takes on the old boys network I always have. She's got a commercial uh, saying she's a boss and she takes on the network. And oh, I heard you, she's hip too. <laughs> yeah, that's what oh. she says. But again, what about the old boys network? Is she taking it on or is she part of it? She has done both. <laughs> taking yeah. it on to become a part of it. Is that what she yes. did? T She's took taken it on it to on. become a part it of it? It has become a part and has become a part of it. So now yes. she's running the Old Boys Network? I mean, well, how would you describe that? Well, I mean, we have to be careful about becoming the very thing that we are against. And when you have consolidated power over decades, when you have compromised to the point where it is indistinguishable between you and the things that you claim that you are against, that's problematic. And I think that's what people are seeing across the city. They're seeing no difference between who she is and the things 
things that we speak out against, which is a status quo that has led to 250,000 fewer black people in Chicago, to stark inequities in terms of the haves and have nots, to neighborhoods that have languished, to a property tax system that has harmed communities. They see the existing leadership class as being part and parcel of creating the conditions that they're now experiencing. And we see a poll this week, a very troubling one, that shows that 36% of the young people surveyed want to leave Chicago, a shrinking city already. Yes. Wow. That's what are we going to do? About it isn't it. It's it's frightening, and I have to give credit to Kathy Collins, who's a University of Chicago professor and head of Gen Forward, who commissioned that study. And what it shows is that, and she she states explicitly, to not center the voices of young people of millennials would be a mistake. When we talk about the future of the city, those young people are our future taxpayers. They are our future source of revenue. They are our future teachers, our future employers. And if we're not taking into account what they see as a very dim future in the city, we are only setting ourselves up for even worse challenges down the line. So what is the two of you's plan to reverse that and to get at those people and say, please stop, don't leave? And this, and my endorsing uh, Amara has a lot to do with reaching out and letting young people know that uh, we hear them, uh, we respect them, uh, we believe in them and we need them. And so I think this is this sends a strong signal to them that, yes, uh, they will have a voice. And electing uh, Dr. Enya to this office as mayor will be just incredible for little boys and little girls and their dreams of who they can be. And what are you going to get out of it? What am I getting out of it? Are you going to take a job out, in her administration? I'm getting a city of Chicago that's run by someone that has a heart for the people, that's very qualified to run the city of Chicago, that can make this city really be equitable, be just and fair for all the people. That's what I'm getting out of. That's what my heart is always. That's where my heart is and has always been, Fran. What is your plan to get these kids not to leave? Our You're platform, not going to stop them at the border. <laughs> not at all. But we <laughs> offer a substantive platform that speaks to all of their issues. We address issues of affordability, of getting a job in the economy, of getting access to an education, where you can see yourself raising your family. So our platform has the substance, and I think that's why we've been attracting even non-traditional voters in ways that no other candidate has done. I also think that it's important to note that we often talk about the need to, to sort of have this passing of the torch and to show intergenerational unity. And Clint Brown's endorsement is a show of that intergenerational unity, that it's not just our ability to target and reach out to millennial voters. It's the fact that we have individuals like Clint Brown like Cliff Brown, who can reach into their networks and her base, which there are older voters who need to hear that we are thinking about how you are positioned in the city's future as well. Dorothy had some ideas of her own on the billion dollar spike in pension payments, a city lottery, naming rights to O'Hare and Midway mm -hmm. and other city buildings, putting advertising on city vehicles. Uh, distance-based fares at the CTA. What ideas of hers are you going to embrace? So we haven't had an in-depth conversation yet on the compilation of our platform ideas, but what I do know is that as we campaigned around the city, we, in the many forums that we were part of, there were so many things that we were in agreement with on housing, on the economy, on education. So there's so much alignment that we'll be able to, to definitely have a combined platform that makes sense for the city. What ideas do you have that you want her to adopt? Well, I'm going to be sitting down with her. Of course, this is her campaign, and I respect that. So I will be sitting down with her and uh, just seeing 
what we uh, what what she would like to adopt. And, and, and I would probably even have things that I have not brought forth that I will be bringing to her as well. And so we will just see. It's left up to her uh, exactly what she would like to adopt, because this is her campaign. And uh, that's how we're going to run that. Chance has given you 400,000. You're on the air. Is there more where that came from? And how are you going to make sure that you can maintain the visibility through the next month? The good thing is that we had invested heavily in having a strong field game. So we have people actually across the city who are knocking on doors and canvassing and touching voters. The funding definitely helped us to get on the air, and we're leveraging that with additional resources to continue our presence on television, on radio, and in other forms of media, in addition to our digital strategy. So the, the support from Chance and his network and also the support from Clark Brown has really helped us to bring in more resources to make sure that we can stay competitive in these last few weeks. Is he going to have a concert and donate some of the proceeds for you that would be big money right there boom yeah well you know there are many we have many ideas that are currently percolating and so over you the next move quickly weeks, yeah, yeah, the time's, yes time's yes, winding down it is yeah. Dorothy you said about Willie Wilson that he had integrity questions that you can you amplify that please well, I, I really don't want to go into it because the individual. But it's that unfair, though, isn't it? Me. I mean, it's like doing to you know you. Well, I will talk to him directly about them. But uh, it's unfair yeah. to to make that that statement and not amplify it a little I bit. The, I think the individuals that uh, discuss that with me would prefer me not to discuss it. But um, you know, just suffice it to say that this is not something that I just heard. It's been things that I've heard over the years uh, that uh, has been, that were very concerning to me. The Sun-Times revealed a lot of detail this week about what made Alderman Danny Solis cooperate with the federal government mm -hmm. and wire on Ed Burke. This scandal is going to play out for literally months. What needs to be done to clean up the city council, do you think, Amara? Well, first, many of the individuals in city council will need to be replaced. Obviously, there were some resignations that happened. Now we know more details about why some of those resignations happened. So we have to replace many individuals in city council, again, because we need a different culture. The second thing that we have to do, and this was what we released in our good government plan a few weeks ago, is we have to institutionalize our values. Transparency has to be institutionalized. Uh, the, when we talk about aldermanic privilege, it's not just to say that do the right thing, it's to institutionalize it in our processes and protocols. So our good government platform largely attempts to move away from hoping that people do the right thing to compelling them to do the right thing. If we couple that with new members of city council, we'll begin to change the culture so that we don't have these sorts of scandals uh, popping up uh, especially at a time like this. Kick off the platform. I mean, what are your main things? So definitely expanding the reach of the inspector general to city council. That has to To happen. the committees, to the auditing. Precisely. Across the board, it has to happen. Making sure that there are no existing conflicts of interest. This would get into your what, business full-time alderman? Not just full-time, because it's, it's a question of full-time versus part-time, but it's the kind of work. If you're engaged in work that could conflict with city business, you cannot be engaged in that work and hold your position as alderman. We've seen examples where that conflict of interest, such as in our property tax system, where you have property tax lawyers that benefit from an unfair system. That is unacceptable and has to be put in place 
or blocks have to be put in place in city council. Again, moving administrative positions out of the hands of the legislative and into the hands of the executive so that we don't have business owners who fear that they need to be shaken down in order to get basic business functions done in the city. That's actually an economic issue as well. So again, these are just a few of the things that we have to do if we're going to change the culture of corruption and make sure that we don't have the, the number of scandals that we're having out of city council. Dorothy, you have an office that's stuffed with a lot of Madigan people, don't you? Why do you say that? <laughs> well, it's in the it's in the deposition that he gave in uh, this Jason Gonzalez case. I mean, don't, don't mm-hmm. you have a lot of people who were sponsored by Mike Madigan in your office? Not to my knowledge, unless they were sponsored during the uh, Aurelia Pachinski uh, days. And there I were a lot of them that were. And maybe they were. And of course, if they are Shackman under the Shackman decree, there's nothing I can do about uh, removing them. They have to go through the steps. So. Maybe there are, but what I did not do when I took office is to ask people who they were from or what their political affiliations were. And so maybe they're there, uh, but they they have to get the job done just like everyone else. Have and you if they ever dealt with Mike Madigan? Has he ever asked you for a job for anybody? No, no, Mike Madigan doesn't has never asked me for a job for, for anyone. Uh, he sent me uh, information just like many uh, people, regular people, elected officials. They've sent me resumes, but everyone goes through the process regardless of who they are. That's what I've always told people. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't been uh, the, the favorite daughter, if you will, is because everyone goes through the process. Not $10,000 per job, per promotion. Absolutely not. Because you know what? I guess my campaign fund would be very plush <laughs> <laughs> if I was getting that kind of money. Uh, I should have that. That money should be showing up somewhere. But uh, no, absolutely not. We Plan. saw the uh, consent decree approved this week by a judge. Does it go far enough? And what about the police contract that Mayor Emanuel is literally taking a pass on? He's going to punt that over to the next mayor. Yes. And, uh, you know, expectedly so. He obviously did not want to take on the responsibility of advocating on behalf of the residents of the city. Is that wrong? I I think that it's it's a show of a lack of leadership, uh, but he has never really been a strong advocate for the residents when it came to the police contract to begin with. So this is something that the incoming mayor would have to take on. And again, your allegiance and responsibility is to make sure that it is a contract that's in the best interest of the residents of Chicago because we can't afford to continue to pay $1.7 billion because of police misconduct. There were some significant concerns that were brought forth throughout the contract negotiation process and even with the consent decree process that need to be looked at. It's great that the consent decree is enforced now, but there were some weak points that we brought up in terms of how uh, just, just concerns about anonymity and people's comfort level with bringing forth uh, complaints. There were concerns about the records and the length of time and transparency around the records that officers hold. So there were many weaker points, but we definitely needed the consent decree to move down this course of police reform. So how does the police contract need to be changed? So there were a number of recommendations that community groups put together. Again, there are concerns about anonymity and being able to file complaints. There were concerns about the 24-hour waiting period, which allows for police officers essentially to collude in constructing a narrative after an incident. Uh, There were concerns about the length of the records and the transparency of understanding police officers who've had disciplinary uh, issues and the public needing to know that those histories. So but how are, are you going to enforce that when you have a union that won't do business with you in that way, who fought the consent decree, 
who doesn't want any changes to its contract because that's protection for its members. Well, the union is going to advocate on behalf of their members, but I think any mayor, my view is that we are coming together to negotiate in good faith. It's not only to protect the city, it's also to protect officers. It's to make sure that we have a police department that is that has legitimacy. Because if you don't have legitimacy, it's a lot harder to recruit individuals and it makes it a lot harder to build trust between community and police. So negotiating in good faith and advocating on behalf of the residents is a protection, not just for the city, but definitely for our police officers. But arbitration is probably where we're headed, isn't it? It's possibly, but it has to happen in good faith. We cannot sit back in our corners. We have to, again, recognize the moral and the financial imperative. Morally, because it's the right thing to do, it's about creating legitimacy and protecting our officers and community. And financially, because we're paying $1.7 billion because of our refusal to implement reforms over the years. What about the teacher's contract and the ties between the teacher's union and Preckwinkle, Dorothy? Well, you know, that that is an issue. Uh, I know that the teachers union uh, endorse uh, Pratt Winkle and, uh, you know, I respect the teachers. I, I respect a lot of the people that are at the uh, teachers union. But uh, I think that uh, Dr. Enya having uh, a Ph.D. in educational policy and a master's in education uh, will have a good grasp on on education and and what's best for uh, the children, because that's what it's all about, what's in the best interest of our children. And so negotiation and compromise, I think that's the most important thing as it relates to the teachers, as well as the police officers. Everyone has to realize that we have to all be in this together. What has happened in the past just cannot continue to work. Are you worried that she's going to just rubber stamp whatever they ask for? I mean, she's pretty much embraced their whole agenda. Well, you know, I can't speak for what she will or won't do. I think from my perspective, I've supported teachers uh, before campaign time. I fought with and for uh, teachers uh, prior to the strike back in 2012. I've always been a strong advocate for teachers, and that will continue even without the endorsement of the teachers union. So again, I think it is recognizing that we are all in this together. We have to operate in good faith and do what's in the best interest in the case of the teachers union, the best interest of the children of Chicago. She's at 4.7%, you're at 3.1% in the Sun-Times poll. Even the combination of both doesn't get you to the runoff. Well, I think the where the conversation is is in the percentage of undecided voters. And what's interesting is that we've had so-called frontrunners who've been up on television for months, who have all of the name recognition and the party backing, et cetera, and yet there are still double-digit undecided voters. We are the only campaign that's actually attracting traditional people who have not traditionally voted, we are expanding the base. And that is something that no other campaign can claim to do. So this, again, just gives us additional momentum to reach more voters and to consolidate support so that we can be strong coming into Election Day. All right. Next time we talk, I'm going to check your iPod or iPhone and there better be seeing <laughs> chance on there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I'm going to have us. to get at least one chance. Yes. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll make that happen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.